0: This is episode 328 of The Real Me and Colon, a movie podcast. On this week's episode, Chase is going to take a look at The Suicide Squad and is it going to be better than the 2016 predecessor? You're just going to have to find out. All that and more, this episode starts right now. the movie podcast i am one of your co-hosts chase lee and before we begin the episode if you guys could please spread this episode around and show it some love let people know this is your favorite movie podcast to listen to and maybe you know what if they're not into movies maybe we can convince them uh that movies are pretty dang cool so i don't know what that voice was but excuse me <laughs> um yes uh so please spread it around let people know that uh, this is what you like listening to, and uh, let's just uh, show, show the love to reel me in a- around the world, and then have people be extremely annoyed uh, at my, my voices and my impressions, and it's going to be a fun time, guys. <laughs> so, uh, yes, um, this is episode 328. I will be going over The Suicide Squad. Yes, the newest film from DC and Warner Brothers, written and directed by James Gunn, uh after that whole debacle my god i cannot believe he weathered the storm and this is where he ended up uh and he's going back to the place that shunned him in the first place so life is crazy guys but yes i will be going over the suicide squad and kind of just letting you guys know what my thoughts are on the dc universe as of now and like where i think it's going to go and just like what this what this film means for the universe as as an installment just all all my thoughts before we review it but that will be the episode uh, but before we get into all the DC stuff, uh, first of all, how you guys doing? You guys doing pretty well? Um, it is uh, August. August. Wow. Yeah. It's uh, it's been quite a summer. I cannot believe that June and July just fly flew, flew by. Guys, it is early in the morning. You're gonna have to just bear with me here. I drink all my coffee, so I have no other stimulants to get me through. The recording so if my brain just kind of shuts down and kind of reboots in real time then guess what you guys are gonna hear it but uh yeah it's august still pretty hot uh your weatherman chase here uh the the skies are clear and the sun is hot as stuff you know uh can't really can't really curse on this new newscast but it is hot as you know what out there so yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things to where like the the summer is winding down, schools are starting up soon. Uh, my wife and I, we live near I think two elementary schools and like a middle school, and I think a high school too. So like, I already know the streets are going to be crazy, and so I'm not looking forward to that. So that will be the change of subject. So not the weather, just the the <laughs> amount of traffic that's going to happen when, when school starts back up again. But uh, that's that's one of the reasons why we moved here. Uh, you know when we start having kids like we wanted to make sure that we could have you know some reliable school systems and stuff and so you know that's why we chose this area but yeah it is august and uh you know uh stuff that we have been catching up on this week been kind of a crazy week um i there are some days when i come home from work uh, like i told you guys in previous episodes to where i just feel creatively drained i don't really feel like reviewing anything or just like it's too late at that point and like i'm gonna fall asleep so i'm not gonna pay attention to it so i will just watch stupid things um when i come home and i'll be like i'll I'll, I'll tell victoria like hey what do you want to watch tonight she's like your pick okay i'm gonna go to hbo max because they got a pretty good good selection they have all these classic films and i'm like wow you know i i I could you know watch something i've never seen before I, i could Watch something and dissect it and, you know, really appreciate cinema. Or I can just go on the homepage and realize that they just uploaded White Chicks and then just watch that instead. Yes, sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, I watch stupid things. Um, white Chicks is an interesting movie because back in the day, it was like the talk of the town. It, it People saw it so many times. They quoted it. They laughed. They cried. Probably because they paid currency to see white chicks just everything going through their heads right but my main question to my wife when we were watching it was you know this film came out oh, what was it like 17 years ago it came out in like 2004 2005 it's 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 pretty old at this point could it be made today and after watching it i think it could still be made today there are definitely scenes that you have to cut out um Case in point, uh, the scene where uh, all of them are in the car singing the song and the N word is said. <laughs> it's just like, uh, I don't really know if like they could get away with that, but I think for the most part they would be fine. As far as like what I think about it overall, if you guys are just curious, it's one of those goofy Wayne Brothers movies that I've I've personally enjoyed. There are a couple of jokes that um uh, do hit hit pretty pretty hard for me uh I, I love the the part where they're running into the bathroom and it's like move bit <laughs> uh that that one's really funny because the 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 voice catches me off every single time uh, but yeah and there oh, well there's also some homophobic things in there too that you gotta yank those out but yeah I I think you could still make something like this today you just have to be very careful on s- certain scenes um but it was really fascinating to kind of travel back and see that movie and just be like wow like that worked for when it came out, but I don't think it would survive on Twitter today. So we watched White Tricks. We watched the Love is Blind after the altar. Really riveting television. Uh, no, it's, uh, it's one of those reality shows that we, we enjoyed watching during the, the start of the pandemic last year. And so when they made a follow-up, I was just like, okay, we have to watch this um and it's just as catty and classless as you you think it's going to be even two years later and you're like my god do they not realize that there's cameras on these people and these people are going to be seen by millions and judged and it's just it's incredible so yeah we wa- we watched uh, uh after the altar just trashy reality television as you guys can see i just i've had one of those weeks um what else did we watch Oh, yeah, watch the latest episode of The White Lotus. Still love that one on HBO Max. Can't wait for the newest episode. Uh, what is today? Saturday, so tomorrow. Um, yeah, re- really uh, enjoy the mystery of that show. It, we have two episodes left, and I still have no idea who who's going to get killed. Uh, it could be anyone at this point. So, Besides Jake Lacey's character, as stated uh, last time. But uh, what else? what else has been going on watching wise man guys my mind's going blank um i oh i started atypical uh season four um one episode in uh sometimes it takes me a bit but um yeah i am gonna be really sad when it's over because that is the final season of that show really sweet show um I love the characters. I love the humor in it. I love uh, the romances. It's just a really nice show. Um, and it's on Netflix. It just uh, dropped all of its seasons. So if you need something new to watch and you want to watch, um, you know, kind of a feel good coming of age uh, uh, show, I think uh, that one is for you. So, Atypical Season 4. Uh, oh, uh, I have. I have access to the first three episodes of What If, the new Marvel show, and I think that is going to be my next venture into uh, television breakdown, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, I should have a review up for nine days, uh, a mini-review. Please check that one out. I don't think you guys are going to be disappointed, and then I should have a net review dropping here pretty soon, so that is um, uh, kind of the forecast of, of reviews and everything, so... But, yeah, as far as, like, catching up on stuff, uh, once again, didn't really watch anything of significance or or value or anything except for The Suicide Squad, which we watched last night. Which, funny story. We watched the first four minutes of it, and we have a uh, Spectrum. And they sent us a text, and they were just like, oh, yeah, uh, service is going to be down for, like, four hours. So we started it at, like, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time for four minutes. It shut off because our internet went out and then we we didn't pick it back up again until like 9.30 or like 9.45, so we didn't get done with it until like 11.30 when all was said and done. It was, what an experience. Uh, So definitely not blaming Warner Brothers or HBO Max for that. That was just our internet service, but uh, yeah, uh, funny journey on how we got there. So yeah, so that is what we caught up on uh, this week. So yeah let's dive into some uh dc stuff i think it is um i think it is time especially like you know with all these new dc movies coming out and they're just so radically different from one another and it's just like are they going to be in the same universe or are they not it's just like it's kind of up in the air at this point so yeah let me just kind of give my my rundown of these movies really quick before we jump into the suicide squad just so you guys can have a fresh perspective on it uh and if people are listening to this for the for the, for the first time then get my thoughts on it so here we go So just kind of give my uh, overall thoughts on the DCEU, is that what they're calling it, those movies, and this universe so far, and just my perspective on it, just how much it has shifted over the course of, what is it, less than 10 years. It's been eight years since Man of Steel, and just so much has happened. But to start with Man of Steel, I absolutely love that interpretation of Superman. I've always loved that movie, and I thought it was going in a nice direction uh, with BVS, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. I don't like the theatrical edition um, as much anymore because the uh, uh, extended cut, the ultimate cut, whatever you want to call it, the three-hour cut is so much better, and it adds so much more story, and it just it feels more epic. It feels like it actually has meaning and purpose, and uh, I love that cut of that film. But the theatrical version, I, I liked it at the time, but now watching the three-hour cut, it just it doesn't work for me. And then of course we had um, Suicide Squad. After that, uh, the 2016 uh, version, and I, I just I don't like that movie. And uh, I think when I watched it, I thought it was okay, but um, uh, yeah, I thought it was okay. But like I, I think after watching the sequel and everything, I'm kind of just more annoyed by it now. Uh, so there was that. Wonder Woman was nice, uh, very good movie. Uh, I, I like that movie quite a bit, and so I was like, "Awesome!" Uh, can't wait to see her in Justice League. Justice League comes out once again. Thought it was okay. Um, doesn't even compare to the um, the Snyder Cut. That four-hour cut of that film is so much better um, than its its original cut. So once again, that's two two instances now where you shouldn't neuter Zack Snyder like that. Because honestly, I think he makes better, longer films, so, um, yeah, so, there, there was that, um, Justice League, and then, what was it, 2000, and, what was the next one, I am blanking, Um, I believe it was the Wonder Woman sequel, yeah, 1984, yeah, 1984, because it came out at the end of last year, supposed to come out in um, 2019, uh, I believe, was that it? Oh no, we had Aquaman. Guys, uh, once again, early in the morning, uh, apologies. So, uh, Aquaman I thought was really fun. Uh, it's, re- it, it's really hard to kind of capture that character and bring it to life like that. But um, I-, I thought uh, James Wan directing that thing was really, really awesome. And then I- I'm looking forward to the-, the sequel. It should be a fun time. Then Wonder Woman 1984. I didn't really care for that one as much. Um, it's just kind of like whatever. Um, and oh yeah, Birds of Prey. Uh, I actually kind of like Birds of Prey. Um, I, I am sad that it didn't really do as well. So, I, if they're gonna make a sequel. I have no clue because they kind of set it up to be a sequel. But I appreciated them kind of pivoting to more of an R-rated realm and kind of making themselves different from the MCU and really just. Doing their own thing, and I love it. I, they have no F's to give. So, there was that. What am I? I feel like I'm missing something. So, Birds of Prey. Uh, I don't really count Joker. And, of course, we've got the Batman coming out. That's also an Elseworld story. I think this is all in the same universe. And, of course, like the Flash movies coming out Aquaman 2, um, the Batman. I mean, they got so much more coming out, but. To have their latest film, The Suicide Squad, which is so radically different from Wonder Woman 1984. I, but I like that though. It's just like you never know what you're going to get with a DC movie. At least with like Marvel, it's like there is some consistency there. There is some comfortability there, which, once again, not a problem. I do. I, I watch those movies. I love those movies. But with DC, it's just so random. You, you just don't know. And so, um, yeah, I think after Woman Nineteen Eighty Four, I was yearning for just something kind of ridiculous and just really kind of not having the reins on like a controlled universe and just like see what like just see what happens if you throw it at the wall and see what sticks. And I think that's what the Suicide Squad does. So um, yeah, uh, so that's kind of my my general thoughts. If I had to make a top three. I mean, the Snyder Cut of Justice League is fantastic. I, I would put that as my number one. Then number two, I'd probably go BVS Extended Cut. And then for three, maybe the Suicide Squad or maybe Man of Steel. Uh, it just gives you guys a precursor to the review. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of like my thoughts on them so far. So I don't know. I'd have to really reevaluate that. Um. But uh, yeah, so since I kind of just spoiled it for you guys, let's go ahead and jump into The Suicide Squad. When we come back, I will be going over that film and just uh, my thoughts on it. So uh, stay tuned. And welcome back to the show. So let's jump right into it and talk about The Suicide Squad not Suicide Squad from 2016, uh-uh-uh-uh, uh-uh-uh-uh. It its the Suicide Squad from 2021. Uh, so it is out for the world to see and let's review it and criticize it. Uh, as most people do with DC Films Online, my God, that is a passionate fan base. Just like with M- MCU, I'm a part of both camps, but sometimes I am embarrassed <laughs> by the intensity of uh, some of the, um, just the fandom, It's it's, it's a bit much. Anyways, this one comes to us from Warner Brothers in DC. And uh, if you've never seen the Suicide or the original Suicide Squad before, you have a bunch of villains in a prison uh, in the DC world. You know Harley Quinn. Um, in the first one, you had uh, Deadshot, Boomerang, um, Rick Flag, and so you have all these these people are in a prison, and it's run by Amanda Waller, played by Viola Davis. And whenever she wants stuff done, or whenever she wants to take on uh, any type of evil outside of those walls, she uses the um, people in the prison to use as pawns, and she basically coerces them. Is that the the word? I think I just had a brain aneurysm. Um, She she dupes them into saying like, oh, well, we can knock off like 10 years off of your sentence or 20 years, depending on the, the threat level of what they have to face. And so a lot of them are just like no i don't want to like i'm not working for you i don't work for anybody uh but she basically uh uh you know tricks them into thinking that, that that's a good deal even though they could possibly die uh, hence the name suicide squad um and so a lot of them are kind of taking it under their will to do it but if they do complete it hopefully amanda waller knock on wood uh does fulfill her promise she puts those chips in the back of their head to where if they do anything wrong off the mission, she can explode uh, those those chips from her office and uh, their heads will just go go bye-bye. So yeah, so this is, that's the Suicide Squad uh, in a nutshell. Uh, so in this one, you have a new group of characters, uh, different from the last film, well, somewhat. Uh, and they are going to fight a giant uh, starfish that can release little starfish that can suck onto your face like face huggers and alien, and they can control you. Terrifying, but also kind of funny. Which you kind of need someone like a James Gunn to come write and direct this film. James Gunn has had a fascinating career, and I followed him through the majority of my life. Uh, you know, he was an uncredited screenwriter on Thirteen Ghosts, probably the earliest thing in my life in 2001. He was on. He wrote the Scooby Doo movies. Yeah. Those movies, um, and I'm not being sarcastic. I watched those quite a bit uh, growing up. He did the Dawn of the, De- or he wrote the Dawn of the Dead remake, I believe. He did Slither, which was my first like actual notice of his uh, his career, because um, that came out when I was like a, a teenager, so that that was perfect timing for me, because I was like, I wanted to watch all these R-rated horror films. I found this one, loved it, and that's how I I, I got to know him. And then, of course, uh, with like the Guardians films and doing. Stuff like that for Disney, and you know he's worked with Troma Entertainment before, which I haven't seen those uh, films, but I, I need to like *Troméo and Juliet*. He pretty much makes the same style of movie; it's just packaged differently, whether it is like a two hundred million dollar budget or whether it's like a ten million dollar budget. He does the same stuff, and he has a an, an infinite love of like B level cinema, goofy stuff, campy. But for some weird reason. It's entertaining, and we care. <laughs> and I think that is, that is magical. That, that is the power of what he can do for his films. And, you know, jumping into The Suicide Squad, it, it makes sense. Guardians is about a bunch of misfits, outcasts, people that have morals, that are borderline gray zone, like anti-hero type of territory. But for some weird reason, we care. We care about their bonding experience. We care about their past lives. We care about them going forward as characters. And they're entertaining to watch the great installments in that universe. So it just makes sense to kind of transition that into DC and do the same thing over here. Except this time, uh, he can make it R-rated. He ain't under the Mouse House anymore. Uh, Well, he's coming back for Guardians 3. But he's not under that family restriction where he has to do that stuff. So he gets to go buck wild. And by buck wild, I'm talking like, let's go back to your Slither days and make it just super over the top and gory. Now, it could be a misfire. You don't have to do that. But I knew once you hire James Gunn and you give him full reign, it's going to be wild. So first question. Is this better than its predecessor uh, from 2016? 1,000% yes. Um, it's almost like that one is just wiped from existence now. It's kind of incredible how much you just forget about it as soon as this one's done. Is The Suicide Squad a good movie? Yeah, I think it's a great movie. Uh, it's not one of my favorite comic book movies of all time. It's never going to reach like the level of like a Logan for me. Where like I think that's that might be my favorite of all time. Like so, I have my tears of like you know this is like this could compete with like some of the best movies of like the year type of category, which is like a like a Logan, and then you get to stuff like this where it's like it's really great. Yeah, it's it's really entertaining to watch. So I think James Gunn's sensibilities with his entire career just make perfect sense for this film. It is zany. It is over the top. It is super violent and gory. Haven't seen that in quite a bit, uh, probably since *Slither* and *Super*. Uh, those those two smaller films. Um, but what I like about Gunn and the balance that he can bring to films is making us care about these people. That's really hard to do when you have these characters with checkered pasts and like they're just broken souls and they're forced to go on to this mission um and you know they're they're just doing what they think is right and you know they're killing a lot of people in this film there is that kind of layer there that when you get to the actual soul of these people you can understand like why they're broken you can you can empathize with them and you can really kind of connect with them and hope for a turnaround and a better future and i think that's That is what he does best. He did it with the Guardians films. He does it with this film. And so I think that balance of darkly comedic humor, for sure, the -the over-the-top violence, the kind of intensity of the action, but also having these just nice little human moments, he can balance that out pretty well. He always has, and that's, that's kind of his trait. Um, and so I really love the, the kind of the over the top nature of this film, really kind of amping up the, uh, goofiness to an 11, but it's not overly so to where like it's unappealing or like it doesn't make any sense. And it's just shock. Some, sometimes it's shock for being shock, but for the most part, it is absolutely jacked up. Uh, from the first one and I think with these types of characters and this type of story especially with the villain you kind of need to make it a little tongue-in-cheek and goofy and way over the top than um, you can imagine and really just kind of set it apart because like you don't want to make the same thing and so I think kind of doing that and kind of um, just I, I guess really just cranking that energy up I think it really does make a difference and it makes it for a super entertaining film the action sequences are also uh, staged really well. Um, I was actually kind of impressed. Even with the budget that they had, they were able to do as much as they did. Uh, it was really uh, believable stuff. I, I, I enjoyed uh, uh, all that from that perspective. And then, um, like I said, the the humor doesn't work all the time, but when it does, it really works. And uh, James Gunn does have a, a sense of how to time out. Um, you know, the jokes and the editing and just making it really kind of just fluid and snappy and just it really just it hits its mark about 90% of the time. I'll just say that. There are a couple jokes where you're like, okay, that just seems like it's super forced just to be in an R-rated movie. But for the most part, I, I thought it was uh, pretty humorous and the, the darkly comedic angle threw me for a loop as well because I hadn't seen that in a while from him. Yeah, the action sequences are staged very, very well. The budget definitely shows on screen and I have to give the the uh uh, visual effects department humongous props because they had to do this whole movie in post-production during the pandemic at separate houses and stuff like that was kind of incredible to me that all came together really well it was very believable with this you know kind of like um extraterrestrial uh villain and just the amount of cgi that is in this and really to make it uh feel believable and it feels like it's there like that was impressive to me. And it really makes a world of difference when it's like just meshed together really well with the um, uh, practical effects and the the action uh, sequences, the stunts, the choreography. It just, it all came together very nicely. And then the uh, final thing that uh, Gunn does very well is, you know, the, the character moments when these members are talking to each other really kind of just saying what's on their mind and really just kind of hashing out some of their problems that they've had in their life and and, and see if these other people that have gone through so much can understand them and empathize with them and really connect with them and be more than just a suicide squad and become a family. Um, Sorry, that was an F9 joke. Just more of like a Fast and Furious general joke. Deeply apologize for that. Anyways, yeah, it's really nice to kind of see them come together and really kind of appreciate each other's company and hey, maybe they don't want to die. Maybe they want to complete this mission so they can uh, just continue to hang out because they're really enjoying each other's company and just uh, enjoying having someone to talk to. Because when you're in prison, you're isolated, you're alone, you're not really talking to anyone about your emotions or anything. So it's it's nice to see them kind of break down and realize that they they have problems that we can all kind of relate with. Like you know with Idris Elba's character Bloodsport and his daughter and the fact that he can't see her and he's doing everything in his power. To make sure she's safe, uh, even though he's behind uh, bars. So, yeah, it's um, uh, you you just look at those situations and you're like, I can I can empathize with these people, even though they um they're killing people left and right, which I know that is a problem with some people, um, watching this and kind kind of having that disconnect uh, because it is kind of shocking when you see it at first when they're just mowing down a lot of people, um, but. I think he I think Gunn finds that balance. It may not be as strong as like like a Guardians, but um I, I still appreciated what he, what he did. The uh, performances uh are also really fun. Uh Idris Elba, can do no wrong in my eyes. That man is a gem. He is a national treasure. Please save him at all costs. Um he needs to be in everything. Yeah, uh he he's a great lead. Uh you know, I, I don't read the comics, but it does seem like Bloodsport and Deadshot are Kind of the same character with the same powers, I guess. You know, they're just really great marksmen. They can pick up any weapon and utilize it to their advantage. Um, uh, Will Smith was great in the other one, for sure. But Idris Elba is just... He's just a great... A a better lead, for sure. Uh, Of course, Margot Robbie's in this. Plays Harley Quinn again. I have... I've kind of gone on this roller coaster with Harley Quinn and Margot Robbie and her performance... And she has her moments for sure, um, but she's not my favorite. And like she's just kind of there. I don't even think James Gunn wanted Harley Quinn in this movie, but Warner Brothers said that's our only stipulation, so he made it work uh, to the best of his ability. Uh, her storyline is also causing problems with people online. I didn't really see it as a problem. Uh, she was in an unfortunate situation, and she got out of it the best she could. Like I, I, I don't know. I don't know why. I, i guess people need to tell me in the comments and open up my uh, open up my eyes as to why that is um a very problematic storyline uh joel kinnaman as rick flag I, I even liked him in the first one a uh, little corny in some of the line delivery uh but uh he really kind of ha- has found his his place in this universe as rick flag i roll my eyes because uh, if you see the movie you'll know what i'm talking about. Um, Viola Davis always fun as Amanda Waller. She really just kind of just uh, cheeses up that performance, and I just absolutely love seeing her. Uh, Jai Courtney as uh, Boomerang shows up. That's all I'll say. Uh, and I won't even discuss the other people because they were cool to watch on screen. But let's just let's just be real. The movie's called the Suicide Squad. People ain't making it out alive. So. Uh, even though some of the performances were short lived, they were just injected with so much charisma that uh, when they were gone and we had new people, it's not like it was a humongous shift to where it bothered me. It was just like, that was fun. Let's move on to the next group. That's what this movie's all about in this universe. So I left out John Cena, uh, excuse me, on purpose. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what uh, King Shark, uh, voiced by uh, Sylvester Sloan. Very, uh, very fun. Uh, I I liked uh, watching that character. Uh, He's just a, you know, just this big big old goofball, I guess. I don't know how to describe it, but, you know, just kind of like loafs around. And uh, he does eat people, but he's got to eat, so I understand. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, uh, King Shark, really, really fun to watch. Uh, But John Cena, I did purposely leave out because I know a lot of people are kind of iffy on his performance. I think. Forcing him with most of the kind of crude jokes, it's always been a detriment uh, to John Cena with uh, R-rated movies because just if he does it too much, it can just seem forced and it can be a complete turnoff. It it's borderline here. I would say that he he does it a little too much uh, and. The, the jokes and just uh, giving him all the R-rated stuff basically well most of it it just doesn't come across as I guess as genuine as like the other jokes or like the other kind of R-rated things that happen in this film it just seems like this was the one thing that felt like it was just just there to kind of push that rating and honestly you could have changed up uh, his, his jokes uh, I mean that that's probably the best way to say it now, do I want to see like a full on like show with him? Also, kind of iffy on that. So, he was kind of like, he had some good moments for sure. And his thought process is totally messed up on um, his perspective on things because he is peacemaker. He's supposed to keep peace at all costs. But uh, that's kind of the point is like, you know, people do that in real life, um, keeping peace to whatever extent, even though they're like murdering a bunch of people. So, there is some. Um, darkly comedic irony there but also terrifying um and so i like his character there there's stuff to explore it's just some of those jokes i'm like john cena in r-rated comedies has has had a lot of misfires and now you can see why but i still like to see him grow as his character and i'll give the show a chance but he was kind of uh, iffy for me um yeah, and I think the film looks pretty good. Uh, I love the the cinematic look to it versus like the kind of music video look to the first one and making it super like hyper hyper lit and just like the 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 shots that just look like something that is is background imagery for like a music video. This felt more cinematic, and I I appreciate that more. It, once again, distinguishing itself from its predecessor, it does look really really nice, and some of the shots are absolutely stunning. Just the way they frame them up, making it feel like a comic book, but also just uh, adding this pop uh, on screen, you're just like, wow, that was nice. But yes, um, it is two hours and 10 minutes. I think it's entertaining enough to fly by. I didn't really feel bored at any point, uh, which was great, because I did feel like there were slower-ish parts in the first one that I didn't really particularly care about, so this one definitely made up for that in terms of the pacing. There are two in credit scenes. One of them is uh, inconsequential. Uh, it's just kind of like, oh, okay. And then the other one is just a lead up into the Peacemaker show. Nothing really um, too crazy, but yeah, those are the in credit scenes. So I ended up liking this movie quite a bit. I do like it more than the first one. Uh, I want to see them experiment more with DC stuff that's more R-rated and kind of Stands out from from Disney as much as I like MCU stuff. They still have it. It still has to be family entertainment. I like that you can give filmmakers a chance to kind of just go buck wild on something, and it turns out to be uh, a pretty entertaining piece of cinema. So that is my review of the Suicide Squad. I don't know if I really got to everything, but it is a pretty uh, large movie when it comes to the the cast and the ensemble. So uh hopefully you like the review now uh, let me know down below whether you loved it hated it, just all of that and that will do it for episode 328 of the real me and colon a movie podcast thank you for joining me on this conversation talking about dc films and thus suicide squad uh like i mentioned <clears throat> uh, earlier on uh you guys will have a mini review of nine days and a mini review of annette and uh starting next week um what if comes out and I have the first three episodes locked in, ready to go. I'm going to watch them today. Um, but I'm going to release them weekly. Uh, so next week you will have the episode one review of what if as well. So a lot of stuff coming out. I don't know when the next like actual episode is going to be. Um, my favorite theater chain, the Alamo draft house opens up next Friday. So I might be going back to the theater and stuff just to check out some stuff. So who knows when the next show will be, it might be next week with something. Um, but it might be in a couple weeks. I, I have no clue. But just please bear with me. But you guys will get a bunch of mini reviews uh, to kind of tide you over uh, until the next one. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, once again, thank you so much for listening. You guys are the best. Um, you know, I, I look forward to doing this every single week, and you guys you guys make it worthwhile. So just just know that I really appreciate every single one of you. So that will do it for episode 328 of the Real and Cold Movie Podcast. I am Chase Lee. And tune in next time for another episode of this fantastically, gloriously discussion-y type show. Yeah, that was a terrible ending. All right, I'll see you guys next time.